One Big Ten bubble team did what it had to to stay in the field of 68 yesterday. A couple more on the hardwood today. Plus, Caitlin Clark is the most exciting player on the women's side of the game right now. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there, thanks for tuning in to Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week. Coming up here today, we're going to take a look at everything going on around the bubble with the Big Ten. A whole lot of teams sitting right there on the edge of the NCAA tournament, according to the experts. Also, later on, we're going to get into the latest from women's basketball. Some exciting stuff going on on the women's side of the game. We have to take a moment, of course, to talk about Caitlin Clark's big game against Ohio State. Before we get into any of that, of course, a reminder, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten. Be sure to follow along with the show on Twitter and wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, too. It's at Locked On Big Ten, one zero at the end. I'm at Nate with sports on Twitter as well. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Let's dive right into the men's matchup from yesterday that put Northwestern a little bit safely in the tournament, according to Joe Lenardi, at least. We'll get to his updated bracket rankings in just a minute. But first, let's get into this win against Wisconsin for the Wildcats. A really good game as far as just how competitive it was throughout the entire second half. Uh, One stat I looked up, only four points was the most that either of these teams led for the entire second half of this game. So while it is Northwestern that pulls out a three-point win in this matchup, it was a really close one throughout. The Wildcats led for most of the first half, but then just a really good finish to this game and exciting Big Ten basketball. That being said, it was not necessarily the highest quality of basketball either. I mean, Team total 66 and 63 points isn't exactly the most high-scoring and efficient offensive output that you can put out there. Neither of these teams shot terribly well. Uh, Wisconsin 39% from the field, Northwestern at 43. Neither team anything special from behind the arc. Boo Booey had a good game, gave Northwestern what it needed to to win this game, 20 points for him. And again, the Wildcats led for most of the first half because of that. Chris Chris Audige did what he needed to, too, as well. It was really just a matter of that. The two stars for Northwestern had some decent games and came up big. The stars for Wisconsin just did not. Chucky Heckburn didn't quite have everything he needed to out there. The other Wisconsin guards out who we know just weren't quite as efficient. But the big thing that was the big difference in this game, because if you look at the stats just on the box score and compare, Just about everything was pretty even. Rebounds were pretty even. Uh, Assist numbers were pretty... Actually, Wisconsin had an advantage on the assist numbers. Turnovers were pretty even. Fouls were pretty even. It was not all that different, but at the free throw line, Ohio State just 9 of 16. Not a good free throw shooting team in general, but that costs you the game right there. That's not one of those where like, hey, you make all your free throws and you had a chance to win it. Three-point loss for Wisconsin. I mean... 
when you're looking at seven missed free throws out of 16, that's like if you shoot 75% from the line, then you're able to tie that game. If you go 13 for 16 from the free throw line, you're winning that. That's brutal, brutal for Wisconsin to see in the box score at the end of the game. But Northwestern gets the win, goes from being one of the last four teams in over the weekend, according to Joe Lenardi, to one of the like next four in, I think he calls it. He, they're like the sixth or seventh team away from the bubble line in the tournament now, which is good for Northwestern. And really, it was a win that it needed at home that it got. And that's huge for the Wildcats, because at least for now, Wisconsin is still looking like a tournament team. And this is a big resume builder for him. But this was not a game where you feel terribly confident about what either team had done out there for the entire game. There were some guys who had good games. Again, Audish had a good game. Uh, Boo Booey had a good game. Guys on Wisconsin had good games. Four starters had double-digit points for Wisconsin. So it wasn't like anyone was terrible, but it, it was not a complete team effort by either team. And there's still plenty of things for both of those teams to work on here. So it's one team in Northwestern that needed the win, getting the win. And as a result, we still have 11 Big Ten teams in the NCAA tournament field, at least according to Joe Lenardi. But now Northwestern has itself still plenty of questions to answer, while Wisconsin has some questions to answer on its own, too, as it falls down further in the projections as well. Let's get into those projections here before we get into previews of today's Big Ten games, in which we will have two more bubble teams going at it on the hardwood here. Uh, again, 11 teams currently in the tournament field, according to Joe Lenardi, and according to his latest projections, even a 12th as well, Michigan, making his list of rankings too. They come in as the number 84 team on the list. Lenardi, of course, with 68 making the field. The number one overall seed is the Purdue Boilermakers. He has them at the top of his bracketology list. Again, of course, a one seed. Behind them is Rutgers and Indiana, both five seeds. Michigan State and Illinois are seven seeds. Iowa eight. Wisconsin now down to a 10, along with Maryland and Ohio State, who are 11 seeds. So is Northwestern and Penn State. The Wildcats, though, and the Nittany Lions are both in play-in games. Also, Michigan, again, I mentioned the number 84 overall team, the 12th big team mentioned, big 10 team mentioned in Lenardi's latest rankings. So out of the teams that we have here, we have two big bubble teams going at it today. Ohio State's back on the hardwood to face off against Illinois, a projected seven seed. Ohio State right now the sixth to last team in the tournament. And also the very last team in the tournament, according to Lenardi, Penn State is facing off against, a, absolutely, space, of course, number five seed Rutgers, team right now that's second place in the Big Ten. It's a good day for Big Ten basketball coming up. We're going to get into it here in just a moment. But before we do that, the NFL playoffs are here. And we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. If you go and join today, you get started with a $150 credit in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet 
That's a nice return. If you go over to fanduel.com slash locked on and sign up, you can see more about what I'm talking about. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads, player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. On an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use, FanDuel, again, is the number one sportsbook in America, so you can go right now. If you're in a betting state, and there's plenty of them in the Big Ten country, over to FanDuel and get the app. Go to the website, fanduel.com slash locked on. Place your first $5 bet and get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com slash locked on. Locked on college basketball is the first college basketball entire spectrum centered podcast from Locked On. It's everything you need to know about what's going on in college basketball all in one place. Every single weekday, Isaac Shade, Andy Patton, they've got what you need to know from college basketball the day before. It's a nice place to get a wrap up on everything in a very big college basketball landscape in one place. That's Locked On College Basketball every weekday here on Locked On. All right, let's dive into, again, some of the games that we have here coming up today in the Big Ten. A couple of bubble teams with games they need to win if they want to stay here on track to get into the NCAA tournament. We talked about Northwestern was a team that was right there, got a good win over Wisconsin, now at least has a little bit of breathing room, according to the projections from Lenardi, who's the guy who at least I trust most when we talk about this kind of stuff. So let's get into what each team has to do to get its important win and keep the Big Ten at what is right now an insane 11 NCAA tournament teams. First game and probably the most interesting game, if you ask me, Ohio State going to face Illinois. Buckeyes are the sixth to last seed in, currently projected as an 11 seed. They'll face off against Illinois, which is right now projected to be a seven seed in the NCAA tournament. Illinois is coming off of a loss against Indiana that was pretty brutal. Trey Shackson Davis, huge night, 35 points, snaps a four-game losing streak for the Illini. Meanwhile, Ohio State had lost five in a row, flip side on the completely opposite side of the spectrum. Then they came in and beat a pretty decent Iowa team, an Iowa team that is projected right now to be an eight seed, around the same area that Illinois is at the moment. So you have two teams that are trending in opposite directions, but also most recently had flipped the script and Illinois not looked really well. And Ohio state looked pretty good against a good Iowa team. So what happens here in this matchup? Well, over on the Illinois side, I think you're a little bit more confident going into this game than you were at least leaving the Indiana game because Indiana bodied you. And it was really, really, I'm sure, frustrating to see from an Illini standpoint that happen because it's kind of something where, hey, uh, we talked before, no Kofi Copern this year. You don't have that kind of big presence that you had been so used to dominating the interior in the Big Ten with. So not having that was bad, but Ohio State does not have the same size that Indiana has. These two teams are two of the smaller ones in the Big Ten here. Ohio State has plenty of good players, plenty of guys who can score inside and find their high percentage shots, no doubt about that. But as far as just the actual physical size of them, it's not the same thing as what Indiana brought to the table. And I'm not expecting the same kind of aggression as far as what Ohio State's going to try to do to beat Illinois. So 
As far as what plagued Illinois before, I don't think that the same thing's going to plague him here in this matchup, which is a good sign for the Illini. Now, at the same time, I think one of the key matchups here is going to be outside on the perimeter, not inside, really, because that's where the strengths are for both teams here. In one, Illinois, in scoring a lot from outside. They have a lot of shooters. They like to shoot the three. Ohio State has a lot of physical perimeter defenders who can defend at that three-point range and also keep you in front of them, too. I'm talking about like a 6'8", Bryce Sensabaugh and other guys who were around that 6'6", 6'8", range who can be both versatile with speed and some size, too, to keep you a little bit uh, a little bit more hesitant in what you're doing out there on the perimeter. So if I'm looking for the key matchup in that game, that's what I'm talking about. That battle on the perimeter when Illinois has the ball. Are the Illini going to be able to use the guards on offense that people had at one point, maybe even in the preseason, had them as a top 25 team because of? Is that going to work here tonight? Or is Ohio State going to be able to work its strength on the defensive side on the perimeter and keep those Illinois shooters at bay? I think if Illinois can find its rhythm on offense out there, it could be another long night for the Buckeyes. But if not, we'll see what ends up happening. Again, I'll have my pick for that game here with the line courtesy of FanDuel in just a little bit later on here as we wrap up the show. But at least with where I'm at right now, I'm a little bit less concerned about Illinois' most recent loss. And I'm not necessarily quite convinced that Ohio State is back to what it was because of one win against Iowa. A team like Indiana, for example, would be much more comfortable with them going into this game given what they've done in the past three, four games instead of just the one. In the other big game today, the last team in Penn State facing off against what is right now the number two team in the Big Ten and a five seed projected in the NCAA tournament, Rutgers. One of the more surprising teams here in the Big Ten so far this season. Rutgers is just a really good team, and they're really good at home too. Penn State has shown that they can be a really good team. And we've talked plenty this season already about how the Nittany Lions have that experience that can win you Big Ten games no matter what. But that team hasn't been so great on the road either. The experience shows up at home, but when you play a good team away from home, it's really, really hard to really outlast the skill. And Penn State could be struggling in the same way here in this matchup. Uh, Rutgers is coming off a loss, too. That's not great if you're a Nittany Lion fan coming into this game. If you ask me, this team's going to be focused up again, ready to get back into winning ways. And again, back at home, I feel like if you're a Rutgers player, you're thinking about this as, hey, okay, let's go ahead and get things back on track against a team that we know we're better than, but a team that we know is going to give us a good test. Like, again, with the experience Penn State has, You can't deny them the respect of that experience. So you know they're not going to make too many mistakes. And that's like maybe the biggest strength of Penn State is that if you come out and have a bad game, Nittany Lions are going to at least be able to take advantage. But I don't see Rutgers having that kind of a bad game here in this particular situation. Uh, Rutgers is looking like a really good team lately too. Cam Spencer has been really good in the last couple of games. Clifford Clifford Omarui is just outstanding dominating two double doubles in his last couple of games Penn State has the desperation 
And again, this is a game where they're going to have a chance to right on the bubble, give themselves at least a little bit of more breathing room. But I think in both of these games, it's a lot about a little bit more than that right here, because you've got in both Illinois and Rutgers, two teams who I think are pretty safely NCAA tournament teams right now. Like if you get down to, say, the Wisconsin Maryland's of this current bracketology, you could say that they're good wins right now, but like the Maryland win was a whole lot better a few weeks ago. That team's on the downslide. Those two teams in Illinois and Rutgers are two teams that I think you can say pretty safely are going to be in this field of 68. So when you're talking about just building your resume, let's face it, when it comes down to selection Sunday, what... Joe Lenardi says with his numbers and everything with bracketology is great. And that's why I trust him more than anyone else. But at the same time, when it's talking about just the people who are sitting at the table and the actual conversation that's going to be had, it's not going to be about the fact that a win here for Penn State keeps them in a projected field of 68 that's going to come out tomorrow. It's going to be the fact that when we get to March, there's going to be a win on the resume that includes Rutgers on the road if Penn State wins this. That's what it is. That's what it's about here. So if you're a team that's one of these borderline teams right now, and I'd say in the Big Ten, you've got yourself at least, what, one, two, three, four, five teams that are right there. Wisconsin, Maryland, Ohio State, Northwestern, and Penn State. Those are five teams that I think you kind of have to get comfortable with being at at least some sort of bubble conversation at the end of the season. So if you just accept that, hey, Penn State, Ohio State, we're going to be somewhere near that bubble right now. Let's get these wins, not because it means that, again, someone's going to project that we're in the NCAA tournament for the next couple of weeks. Let's get this quality win because it's needed come Selection Sunday. It's one of those gems that you need to have to be able to make it into that field of 68. So. That's what you need to be thinking about, more so than the stuff we're talking about or that I'll talk about and I'm obsessed over with the numbers. I I'm sure fans know, maybe even more than I do, that the wins here that you get over these teams are more meaningful in what it actually says about each team at the end of the season than what the actual like net rankings or before RPI or anything like that. I think when you get to down to the teams just on the bubble, the people still care more about the actual names of the teams that you beat. And a win on the road against Rutgers, a win against an Illinois, that's going to be a valuable win that other bubble teams don't have. A little over-explaining to just kind of say, hey, win the games and you're going to make the tournament. But this is getting down to the nitty-gritty. So this is the time to start over-explaining the kinds of things when it comes to the very end of this bubble. As we wrap things up, let's get into everything going on in the Big Ten here right now. Let's start off actually with the bets for the day. I, I do have one on Illinois against Ohio State. Illinois minus four and a half. I see a good team in Illinois coming off a loss that's at least playing like a good team in Indiana. Illinois lost to an Indiana team that's playing like it's good again right now. I'm Starting to believe Indiana is actually good again, but that's a conversation for another day. But I still think this Illinois team is good. And it's back at home, coming off that loss, wanting to, of course, get back on track and let everyone know, hey, this is still a good team here. I think Ohio State's still good too, but I'm not convinced that they're going to be that team that's the talent that they are 
just off of one game. And again, the biggest thing for me is that Illinois does not have that size disadvantage against Ohio State that it did against Indiana. So at home against a team it's going to be able to body up against in Ohio State, I'm picking Illinois minus four and a half. I know Ohio State had in its five-game losing streak never lost by more than seven and four and a half is the spread here. That's not a lot of margin for error. But who you lost to still matters to me. And Ohio State lost to Minnesota and Nebraska. So I've got Illinois minus four and a half. Go ahead and get it on FanDuel, which again, fanduel.com slash locked on to get $150 in free bets whenever you make your first $5 bet if you sign up over at our link. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. One of the last two bets we told you about last time out. So maybe heating up. We'll see. All right, other news around the Big Ten. We mentioned off the top, women's basketball has been huge for Big Ten this season, and it hit maybe its peak last night. Four of the top 13 teams, all facing off in Big Ten games, and Caitlin Clark killed it against Ohio State. Finishes up with 28 points, 10 rebounds, 15 assists, and hands the Buckeyes their first loss of the season. Iowa wins 83-72 on the road in what was a statement performance from Clark? She is, in my opinion, running away with the player of the year race right now. It's going to be very interesting to see how far she can carry Iowa. This is the first player since Dwayne Wade on either the men's or women's game with a triple-double against a top-two AP-ranked team. She is the name of women's college basketball right now. Doing Steph Curry kind of stuff in the highlight reels, that you see in this game and really just in general, Big Ten women's basketball is becoming too good to ignore. We're going to talk about it with Jacob Rude next time out, but this is the peak right here. This is as good as it gets. At the moment in the current AP polls, five of the top 13 teams in this week's top 25 come from the Big Ten. Uh, it was outstanding. Basketball to watch. If you're not watching this game, if you're not watching the women's college basketball right now, especially in the Big Ten, now's the time to start watching. And if you are watching and you're still not enjoying it, you're missing something. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is that you're not getting, but that was fun basketball to watch out there yesterday. And when you have someone as exciting as Caitlin Clark out there doing it in the Big Ten night in and night out, again, it's getting too good to ignore if you're a fan of just sports in general, if you ask me, but also just for us on this show, it's getting too good to ignore too. So we're going to talk to Jacob Root about that here and also about IU's bounce back as well. Are the Hoosiers actually really good? We'll get to that with him on Locked On at Big Ten. In other news, former Rutgers tight ends coach Nunzio Campanile is headed to Syracuse. I hope I pronounced that correctly, Nunzio. I'm to be honest, was not 100% on it. I looked up a few different things to try and find something, but he's headed over to the ACC. And in players of the week this week, on the men's basketball side, Trace Jackson Davis of IU and Bryce Sensabaugh. In women's basketball, Cheyenne Sellers from Maryland wins player of the week, and freshman of the week is Kayleen Smickley. In men's hockey, the three stars of the week are Michigan's Jackson Lacombe, Wisconsin's Jared Moe, and Notre Dame's Ryan Bichelle. And in men's gymnastics, Christian Grahofsky of Ohio State is the gymnast of the week and the freshman of the week, Michigan's Fred Richard. 
in Big Ten games today. Only men's basketball on the schedule for your Tuesday. Penn State against Rutgers is at 6.30 p.m. Ohio State against Illinois is at 7. Those are going to be a couple of good matchups. And once again, thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every single weekday. Now that you're done here, head on over to Locked On College Basketball every single weekday. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, I'm Nate Dickinson here on Locked on Big Ten. We'll be back tomorrow. Jacob Rood's going to be in to preview what's next for Ohio, or for Indiana basketball. Team that is, well, let's check again. According to Joe Lenardi, all the way back up to a number oh, 05 seed. In the current rankings of bracketology, they're hot. How good can it get for Indiana? Is this team ready to be saying, hey, Sweet 16, or even further again? It was not looking that way a couple of weeks ago. We'll talk to him about that. Talk to him about that women's basketball stuff, too, because he's our guy for all of that, and it's getting really good. Until then, this has been Locked On Big Ten. Be sure to follow along wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube and on Twitter, too. It's at Locked On Big Ten One Zero at the end, not T E N. I'm Nate Dickinson at Nate with Sports with Locked On.